Amazon and grocery delivery and grocery pickup and all the things, people want things right now. Mm -hmm. They don't want to wait. They don't want to wait. We can hardly wait two days for a package to get delivered from Amazon, let alone five days for someone to call me back for a service. I'm like, hello, I'm trying to give you money. Like I'm trying to hire you and I have to wait five days before you can even tell me if I can give you money. Like that just seems so unreasonable to people. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee, drinking some um, Ethiopian Guji. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's pretty good today. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking a little bit about social media marketing. And before you go, oh no, another podcast about social media marketing. This one is actually a little bit different than what you might think. We're going to be talking about how to make your industry a little bit more appealing on social media or appealing to uh, your ideal customer. And the conversation is going to take a couple of different uh, uh, turns and um, in understanding exactly what that looks like, but some very practical advice for your business, whatever world that you're in, how to make yourself more appealing to your ideal customer base. That's what we're going to be talking about today with Hannah Acosta from Ugly Mug Marketing. And uh, I'm pretty excited about sharing this conversation with you. But before we get to that, we do want to ask you to subscribe if you haven't already. We have hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Maybe that's an exaggeration. We're just over 170 episodes for you to check out, and they're all available on all the podcast platforms, every single one of them, except for the ones that we're not on. But if you want a list of all the ones that we're on, you can go find them out at lockdoc.net slash podcast. We also do the video version of this as well. If you want to see all of the amazing camera angles and the great video quality, you can see that on our YouTube page. Uh, you just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C, or it's available on Facebook as well. Make sure you follow, subscribe, connect, all of the things that you're supposed to do with the uh, the, the social media um, following so that you can get the latest episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Now that that's out of the way, and you've done that, correct? Yeah, well, let's get into the conversation with you. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, oh yeah. All right, Hannah, thank you for joining us today, I'm pretty excited, we're going to be talking about uh, social media and marketing and all of the ways to be better at it, because... I think every business has room for improvement, no matter if they're crushing it or they feel like they're crushing it, there's room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now you work with, uh, we're going to get into rapid fire in just a few minutes, but you work with uh, Wayne uh, Mullins from Ugly Mug Marketing, correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, Wayne was a guest on the podcast uh couple of weeks ago, maybe a, a few months ago now, uh, had a great conversation with him and we didn't talk anything about what we were supposed to talk about, but um, really uh, a fun guy. And I think we're going to have him back on the podcast uh, in in a, a few weeks or a few months. But um, anyway, so, it, but uh, through that whole conversation, uh, your name came up and said, Hey, this is a great, uh, a great guest to have on and uh, to talk about how we can all be better at, at this thing uh, that a lot of us enjoy and a lot of us I guess would be some of us love and some of us loathe. Is that what it be be the way to say that? <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get into rapid fire and then we'll get into the conversation. Okay. 
that sounds good. All right. Question number one. What is something that you absolutely will not put up with? Something I will absolutely not put up with. Mm-hmm. People being blatantly disrespectful and rude for no good reason. That huh. really just grinds my gears. Like, <laughs> you know, people being mean to the waitress or getting aggravated with the person at the checkout because they're not stating the items fast enough. Like, and like very clearly being annoyed. I'm like, it's just so much easier and so much more fun to be nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love being the next person in line and just smiling at someone and telling them they're doing a great job because you don't know what kind of day they're having either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that's more, more, more the norm now is just to be rude to people for no apparent reason. Just like, just cause you, just cause you are mad at the world doesn't mean you have to treat everybody else poorly. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Question number two, what does your dream day look like? Um, my dream day is definitely spent on the water or on the beach somewhere. Um, my husband and I, for our honeymoon, we went to the Maldives and that just felt like my absolute dream vacation and dream every day. (laughs) So definitely something that's on the water, on the beach, boating, laying on the beach all day. I love all of those things. (laughs) What do you think people that live on the beach would say that their dream day would be? Probably go into the mountains or something, <laughs> right? It's just so much noise of this ocean crashing against the waves. I just crashing against the beach. I just don't know if I can take it anymore. All right, question number three: What's the oddest form of entertainment that you enjoy? Oddest form of entertainment. Ooh, you know, like when you're scrolling on Facebook and there's like those oddly satisfying videos of like people cleaning something or like squeegeeing off a window or like pushing sand off a table. I just keep getting served more of those videos because I keep watching the videos that they're already serving me. <laughs> so, so there's this guy on YouTube that creates these videos where he will take a spare piece of wood or a scrap piece of wood and he'll build something out of it. And the title is always completely has nothing to do with what he's building. And he has zero narration it's all in like kind of fast speed and he's, he never explains anything that he's doing, but he builds these really cool little wooden devices. And I absolutely love them. They're like the, the coolest videos ever. And it's, there's, <laughs> there's zero like information about it. It's just like, you're watching it the entire time and it's unveiling itself the entire time of the, the, uh, the video. It's, it's incredible. So I'm, I'm with you on these oddly satisfying things. All right. Question number four. What's something that you recently learned that everyone else already knew? Oh my gosh. I feel like I've been having a lot of these moments lately. I I feel like a lot of people have been saying I was today years old when I learned this. (laughs) I'm trying to think about what the most recent. Oh my gosh. There's usually like phrases or like acronyms and I'm like, I didn't know what that meant. Oh, news to me. (laughs) But I can't think of one in particular. Gosh, that's so uninteresting not to have a good answer to the rapid blast, rapid fire question. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. (laughs) I'm going to be in the same boat with you. The other, the other day I learned the meaning of a specific word and it was so obvious and blatant, but it, 
I never, I, and I can't remember which one it was now. So this is very just confusing for everybody that's listening or watching. But it was like <laughs> when when I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes complete sense. But I had no idea what it meant. Okay, we're just gonna have to. Actually, I just oh. thought of. One. Okay, I was just I was just okay. trying to kill time until you came up with something. Oh yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. So my friend, her name is also Hannah and Hannah is just like wicked smart. She works for Red Hat. She's like encoding and like, she's just wicked smart. And every now and then she'll use a word and I'm like, uh, immediately on my phone, uh, just like Googling. And I'm like, I didn't know what that word meant. I didn't know that was a word even. I didn't know I could use that word. Um, she said, I think she said like ephemeral or something like that, which means like, it doesn't go, it doesn't last forever. There's a time ending on it. And I was like, Oh, and she was using it in regards. She was like, yes, our time here on earth is ephemeral. I'm probably even saying it wrong right now. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? I even looked at my husband. We were sitting with her and we were both on our phone. We're like, uh, Siri, what does? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm probably saying it wrong, but that was the word that I was like, man. Yeah. Didn't know what that meant. (laughs) There you go. All right. Question number five. Has someone ever done a random act of kindness for you? Yes, I have had someone pay for my Starbucks drink in the car in front of me, pay for my Starbucks drink. How about I just that? thought that was so kind. Absolutely made my day. Well, here's the question. Did you continue on the the uh, kindness or did you let it end with you? I did continue on the kindness. Oh, <laughs> but man, don't you think sometimes when you're in line and you're if you are in the position to continue on the kindness... I'm like, but how much is their order? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. are they ordering for the whole office? <laughs> or like, what's the deal? <laughs> Get hit with that $100 Starbucks order and be like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> Let me roll that one back. I don't feel like being kind today. All yeah, right. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thanks, Hannah, for participating in Rapid Fire. We'll give you a score of 736. Out of? Exactly. All right. So. <laughs> We're going to be talking today uh, a little bit about how to make your industry interesting on social media. And this is something that I've I've had a lot of conversations around and chatted with people for quite some time because I'm in, you know, we're in the locksmith world. We're in the lock and door world. Um, and as exciting as I think that it is at times internally, the, I guess, average consumer, the person that's going to be kind of our customer is probably like, does it work or does it not work? And I put myself in that same mindset a lot of times, too, with, say, the world of uh, HVAC or, uh, you know, whatever type of thing that is uninteresting to me. My biggest excitement about HVAC is, does it work? Uh, Does it work well? And can I open up my phone and change the temperature in the house? Like, those are the, the excitements there. But outside of that, I have no clue is how the rest of the things work. And I would not be excited if somebody was to show me the inside of a of a HVAC unit. So I, I'm, I'm trying to throw this up as a question for you because I think that a lot of folks inside of an industry struggle with understanding or communicating the interest of their industry because they are so buried inside of it um, that the person that's actually making the decision to consume it is probably totally lost on what it is that you're talking about much like what I am doing right now and making this entire question so confusing. So uh, help us out with with understanding, I guess, maybe base level. Why do people struggle with making their interest, their, their industry interesting to their, their audience? Well, it's exactly what you just said. 
we are so inundated with information all, all day, every day about whatever industry that we're in, whether we're in HVAC or we're a bankruptcy attorney, I'm using examples of clients that I'm currently working with, or we're in economic development. We know all the lingo and the terms. We know why it's important or the value that it can bring to somebody. But what we don't know is the perceived value on the other end, right? So on the customer's end, what are they actually perceiving from our industry or our service or our products? What do they actually perceive as valuable? And that's always my first tip for people when they're struggling to develop content that's actually going to be engaging and interesting to their target audience or to the audience that they that they built for themselves on their Instagram or their Facebook or their YouTube account. Get into the minds of the people that you are going to be serving or that you want to serve. What is it about your product or service that is actually going to prove valuable to them? What's going to make them feel like your service or your product is the best service or product on the entire in the entire world? And part of figuring out the answer to that question is thinking about the problems that they're facing, right? And their day-to-day lives and how you can be the solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. So HVAC is super easy, actually, (laughs) when we're thinking about that, because it's like, I might need my unit to be serviced, uh, as we're preparing for a hot, hot summer in the South. Now, the majority of my HVAC clients are in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas. Y'all, it is hot. It's hot here in North Carolina, but it is especially hot in the South, like deep South. And so for them, it's like, hey, do not find yourself in a steaming, roasting, humid house. It's hot enough outside. Make sure that your system is working properly. Here's everything that our technicians are going to do in order to make sure that your family is comfortable and cool throughout the entire summer, right? That's providing value to them. We're making sure that your family's comfortable. We're making sure that your system is working properly. You know, those are the things that matter to them. They don't care about what the technician is going to do to the unit itself. They care about what's in it for them. And so we kind of need to answer and think about those questions from, you know, from that perspective is what's in it for them? How can we increase the perceived value? And what is it that they think is going to add value to them? And you can do that through split testing, (laughs) Um, a million different copies and and graphics if you want. So, so what you're saying is a bad way for an HVAC company to communicate to their, their customer base would be something along the lines of, have you checked your compressor and your capacitor lately to make sure that you're not going to be hot this summer? Yeah. Uh, it's focusing more on the feeling, right? Like they don't know what, uh, your capacitor, they don't, they don't know what Freon is. They don't, they don't know about how they don't care about cleaning out the coils, right? Mm -hmm. They care about their family being nice and cool during the summer. So we have to play on the things that we know that they understand and that they really, really care about, um, and, and increasing their perceived value of what it is that we're giving to them. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a keycard system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find the system that best fits the pool and HOA needs camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, 
keycard systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. So you're saying run some uh, some kind of uh, comparative content to kind of see how people respond to it. What's like you you say here? Get in the minds of the people that you're serving. Kind of like what's value to them? Do you, is that just gathering a handful of your ideal clients and I don't know maybe I may be overthinking this, but just asking them, hey. <laughs> what are the things that you're struggling with relating to our industry or what are the things that, you know, we can do better relating to our industry? Is that, is, is, is there a play on that as well? Like to, to just really get to the nitty gritty? Yeah, you certainly can. If you have those relationships with your customers, you can definitely reach out to them and kind of gather data and information if they're, if they're willing to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that I like to do is go and look and see what other people are running Mm -hmm. um, on their accounts using Facebook ads library and see how are they playing on this feeling and emotions and perceived value to customers in their areas. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll start there. Sometimes I will reach out to, I'll say, Hey, client, HVAC client, you know, do you have a few customers that I can touch base with and get their feedback and um, ask them a few questions to kind of get to the heart of what's important and why they really value your service. Uh, But a lot of it is doing an analysis of my target audience that I'm trying to reach. So for HVAC, it's a homeowner. It's typically a female we've learned that's calling and scheduling this appointment. Um, What are the challenges that she's facing in her day to day? Um, What does the process or the entire experience need to be like for her? you know, who learning everything that I can about that person and their day-to-day lives because HVAC solutions might, they might not be having an HVAC problem. They might be having a comfort problem or they might know that they have HVAC problems, but they want someone who's able to come right away, do it quickly and for it to be affordable. Like in that alone, service is important to them. Someone having someone that's trustworthy in their home is important to them. Having something that, again, affordability, <laughs> you know, our, our tune-up's only $69 versus the next guy down the street who it's $210 or whatever it may be. Um, again, kind of looking at that analysis of who are our current customers, who else can we reach that look like them, and how can we use social media to find more of those people too? <laughs> yeah, I think that's really I, I, the big thing, thing that I kind of take away from what you just said was who are, who's our, our ideal client and how do we find more of those people? Because, um, yeah, I think that's, especially in the world of, uh, of trade services, it's, it's, you may not necessarily want to service everybody, or you may not be fit to service everybody, but you do have a particular, uh, ideal client base and you want to replicate those or get more of those versus trying to just broaden yourself out to everybody. So, but I, I would I I I also am I guess of the understanding that that is probably less common to think of the ideal client base than than you would than you would think right it's less common to be in that mindset because especially in the trade services it's just I need clients period like understanding the ideal client of the the ones the customers that are, we're working well with and replicating those is seems to be a foreign concept at times. 
Yeah, definitely. And especially in the service industry with the HVAC companies that I work with, they might be higher priced than someone who's just a solo person working out of their van and has been in the area for, you know, 20 plus years, Mm -hmm. their pricing and experience and level of service and other amenities and things that they're able to provide. It's a totally different clientele. When we have someone who's calling and the customer service rep is very, it's very easy to tell who's just price shopping and who's actually serious and wants to become a customer and purchase a new HVAC system through them or have them come and clean their ducts or do a tune up or whatever it may be, we can very easily identify, okay, who's the person that's price shopping and might not necessarily understand the value and the level of our service. And who is someone who cares about service and a highly qualified technician who's professional and is going to show up on time and who's going to be in and out quickly and do the job very efficiently and that we're not going to have to call back because something broke a week later or whatever it may be. You know, it's it's very easy for the customer service reps to kind of identify who that person is as they're having those initial phone calls with leads as they're coming in from Facebook in particular. <laughs> so how would you communicate that? Like, is it- you just brought up like five different value propositions of we show up on time. We, uh, get, we've got qualified technicians. We don't have to come back and make that same repair again. Like how do you communicate that? Because those are obviously outside of we work on your lock or we work on your HVAC or whatever it is. Those are things that are going to be important to a lot of clients and especially ones that are, you know, are are looking for the job to be done correctly, not just the job to be done inexpensively. Yes, exactly. So as far as technicians showing up on time, it's all about a feeling and feeling like you know who's going to show up to your house before they even get there, right? So in our graphics, we like to make sure that we're using a picture of a smiling technician, an actual technician on that team if possible, that's standing with the client or using a video of a technician showing up to someone's home. We had a series of commercials for a variety of these HVAC locations and it was their technician showing up with that shirt in the, you know, in the actual dent air conditioning van or the actual Southern air van rolling up, smiling. It showed what it was going to be like the text message, what the text messages were going to look like on the customer's end. Hey, you're going to see a text message that says your, your technician is arriving soon. Giving them a little sneak peek of what the service is actually going to be like, as opposed to going in blind. I can't tell you how many times I'm about to go to an event or about to invite someone over to my house, but I'm like, what's it going to be like when they get here? Or where do I park when I'm going to this event? How, how do I find, what entrance do I go into? People feel so much comfortable, more comfortable when they know those things in advance. It's the same thing in the service industry when you're, or in this, uh, HVAC industry, excuse me, when you're having someone come to your home, What's it going to look like when they get here? What does their van look like? What does the technician look like? How am I going to know that they're on their way? Over-communicating all of that so that the customer feels as comfortable as possible uh, when your technician is arriving to your home. So that's one way. Graphics, actually showing the technician's face, showing them a glimpse of what the experience is going to be like, whether that be video or still images. So that's one thing. Um, Now, as far as, hey, you can trust us, 
we're not going to put a lemon <laughs> HVAC system into your home and, you know, then leave you hanging and you're not going to be able to find us again. So part of that comes in with warranties and guarantees. So at the bottom of our ad for their tune-ups, we include Hey, if you're unhappy or unsatisfied for any reason, we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. Money back guarantee. And that's something that I'm very fortunate that the HVAC company that I work with, that they offer that, but that we're able to promote that publicly. So people are like, hey, worst case scenario, they come and they don't do anything. They do a terrible job. At least I can get my money back. Right. But more often than not, the technicians do a great job. They clean the coils, they give a great experience, they show up on time, they're smiling, they're friendly, they're professional, and they never have to give that $69 back or that $210 back or whatever that tune-up price is. So communicating that guarantee and showing them what the experience is going to be like when the technician arrives, those are two ways that we communicate that through social media. Hmm. I, it's, you, you have my brain going in a lot of different directions, and I'm sitting here processing it because I'm, I'm taking notes. The, uh, like understanding, giving a customer a glimpse of what the experience is going to look like. I think that in of itself is very valuable advice because um, each business, each service business is going to look a little different. And, um, you know, but I think we, I think all of us, well, let me try to clarify that. I think a majority of people that are looking for service in any level are looking for some understanding of what I should expect. Um, and you're not there's not a lot of people in the world that really love walking into things without any level of expectation, like that just want everything to be a complete surprise. Uh, and especially when you're dealing with a service company, uh, man, that's very valuable advice is just really kind of, walking them through, this is what this is going to look like. This is what you can experience. And I would imagine that you can't go wrong with that because people that don't want to know what it's going to look like are not going to read it or follow it or whatever, right? But the people yeah. that want that to, to understand that comfort, man, it gives them a huge understanding of, you know, it, it just really changes the entire conversation because you now have very high level of clarity. This is what I can expect. Um, and you're, so you're making a more confident decision up front before you even have that experience. Okay. That's very intriguing. So outside of that, because I'm, I'm going back to kind of that main topic of making your industry interesting um, because we're effectively, you're, we're, you're not even talking about making your industry interesting. You're talking about the experience that you're providing for your customer, regardless of whatever it is that you're doing. It's more of the experience factor. What, as, from a marketing standpoint, because I'm, I'm going to imagine, especially from a social media side, but it, just from a marketing standpoint as a whole, when you start to work with a client, how much are you actually helping them improve their customer experience as a whole before you can even market it because I'm just I'm just going to throw it out there because it could be completely off base that uh, not everybody has a great experience already and so you're you, what are we going to market what, what are we going to bring to the table so are you also helping people with the the experience factor as well yes when we first start working with a client one of the first questions I ask especially when we are working in this type of industry where it's very much like I'm going to send you a lead. 
And then you have to follow up with that lead and your, your customer service representatives have to be nice and kind on the phone and timely. And then the technician has to show up on time and be professional and timely. You know, I can only do so much once the lead is provided or once the messaging is distributed. And so I like to do a couple of different things. Number one is I ask them to take me through the journey of a customer. So we create a flow chart together, or we simply just kind of talk it out and I draw it out on the whiteboard or take my own notes and then share that with them and say, Hey, is this accurate? Did we miss anything? Is there anything else in the process of a lead coming in and their HVAC system getting serviced? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens in that time frame, and what are all of the different types of communication? Because I want to know if that lead comes in, how quickly are you going to follow up with them? And from the time point of them getting scheduled to the technician showing up in their home, are there other pieces of communication that are going out to that customer? Is there a reminder email? Are there reminder text messages? Are they getting text messages as the technician is on the way to their home? What are all of those different components and pieces? Because that's going to play a role in my greater understanding of perceived value and how I'm delivering that message to the customer. Now, for my HVAC companies that I've worked with, I've had a handful that were so good right off the bat. As soon as the lead came in, within 24 hours, they were following up with the lead. Now, I've had other ones where it's like, guys, we cannot be waiting two, three, four, five days to be following up with these people because the reality is our attention spans on Facebook or people's attention spans on Facebook and social media is so quick. We only have minimal time to capture their attention, let alone get them to fill out this lead generation form. And then let alone for them to remember (laughs) that they completed that lead generation form, right? Because maybe they've now reached out to another HVAC company or maybe now they've spent that $69 somewhere else and this is no longer a priority for them. We have to be on top of it and catch them as quickly as possible. The lead is captured. You need to be following up. So I had to get really real with my contact at our HVAC uh, clients' uh, main offices and say, hey, we need to communicate the sense of urgency with the customer service representatives that these people need to be followed up with no less than 24 business hours, Mm -hmm. right? So if the lead comes in, you know, at, at noon, they need to be have a response by no later than noon the next day. So noon on Monday, noon on Tuesday, we need to have a response and follow up with the lead. Otherwise we might as well just call them dead. Like, you know, we can't use them. It's likely they've moved on to something else. This is no longer a priority more important to them. So we've seen a lot, major, major improvements in that and just setting expectations for customer service representatives to turn around time and following up with with potential customers. So even that is a whole, so now I'm kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about showing that experience. So say, for instance, if you had a committed 24-hour response to any lead, you know, hey, if you, that's something that you're, that you, once you can commit to that and see that consistently, that is something that you can, can start to share with your potential customer bases. Anytime you contact us, we will have blank information back to you within 24 hours, or maybe you've even advanced past that and you're, you know, we you can uh, chat with us live for scheduling twenty four seven or whatever. Then that is something that you're wanting to communicate because you're showing that customer, giving them that understanding, that experience of this is how you can communicate with us. Justifiably so, if it takes you five days to respond, if you're, 
even more so if you're marketing that, hey, if you contact us, we will get back to you sometime between now and five days. You know, obviously that doesn't seem to be appealing from a marketing standpoint, but that's effectively what you're saying is you're 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 wanting to bring people into the experience versus of what they're going to giving them a, a hint of what they're going to experience versus just saying, hey, here's a and we keep going to HVAC, but you know, here's here's your here's your thermostat. You know, here's a picture of a thermostat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. What what does that mean? But now yeah, I'm what now is that going to do for me? <laughs> now I'm understanding the experience of okay. So if I select this company, it's going to take them five days to schedule with me, so or get back to me. So I know that that's if I have five days, then that's great. But this one here, they respond within thirty minutes. So maybe that's the company that I want to connect with. They both have a picture of a of a thermostat. So you whoop de doo. One's got five days and one's got thirty minutes. And if you think about it from the perspective of, honestly, the world that we live in today with Amazon and grocery delivery and grocery pickup and all the things, people want things right now. Mm -hmm. They don't want to wait. They don't want to wait. We can hardly wait two days for a package to get delivered from Amazon, let alone five days for someone to call me back for a service. I'm like, hello, I'm trying to give you money. Like, I'm trying to hire you and I have to wait five days before you can even tell me if I can give you money. Like that just seems so unreasonable to people Mm -hmm. these days. Right. And so thinking about it from that perspective, it's like, okay, if that's the expectation that people have for grocery delivery, ordering something on Amazon, why would that not be the same expectation Mm -hmm. that they have when they need someone, something service, it's a HVAC emergency. They need someone to come to their home immediately, or maybe it's not an emergency, but it feels like an emergency for them at that point in time. So you have to think about it that way too. And I think, yeah, people, people just want what they want and they want it now. (laughs) And so how can we, as a business manage expectations, give them what they want, um, while also not making the process feel rushed or, um, you know, hurried or anything like that. We still want it to be a quality experience, uh, but we want to be really timely uh, in what the customer's expectations are as far as follow-up or scheduling an appointment. Um, You know, we've had times where we're like, hey, you know what? We can't do any more $69 tune-ups within a week. And people just aren't willing to wait longer than a week. So maybe we need to stop running that ad for now. Uh, Maybe we need to turn that off and have a different offer, a way that we can service people because we're just booked to the max with $69 tune-ups. Like we can't take any more. Maybe after this rush closes and we're able to get people within a seven-day window, then maybe we can start running that ad again. So be mindful of that too on the back end. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDoc.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDoc Security, helping you protect your people and your property. You've got me thinking about a lot of different things, and I, I'm also will give you the warning that, uh, that I know everybody in our organization that's going to be listening to this is going to be going, oh boy. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's this concept of 
you can talk about all of the widgets and gadgets that you sell all day long, but showing the experience, I'm 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 really intrigued by that concept of how do you how do you draw back the curtain even more so and say, hey, this is this is kind of how we do things, um, and this is how we're trying to serve our customers, and just make yourself even more so accessible because that's ultimately what people are looking for is. Who am I doing business with? How fast can they get it done? And what does the actual experience look like? Because like you said, with Amazon and all of these other factors out there, and I know we're talking consumer versus commercial a lot of times, but you know that's what people expect across the board. Uh, okay, so it's going to take you six days to come out and service my HVAC unit. I can order a new unit and have it delivered from Amazon in three days. So like, <laughs> I don't know how to hook it up, but I can have it here. <laughs> So, uh, exactly. so yeah, I, I, I do think that setting that expectation and communicating that, that is, it's, that does make you, especially if you're looking at comparing, you know, multiple companies and competition in the marketplace, well, these people are telling me exactly what the experience is going to look like. Even if it isn't the most ideal, at least the experience is, is clear and I can know what I'm, what I'm dealing with. And then this one over here is just a big ambiguous question mark. Obviously, if you can improve on your experience after that, then you're in a good place as well, but, um, but at least communicating it. Yeah. And then if that experience matches what you're saying, that person is likely going to become a repeat customer. So now the lifetime value of that customer has now increased. So that's one thing that I really like to monitor as I'm working with these HVAC companies and sending them leads that's great that they signed up for a $69 tune-up, the customer service rep followed up, they were able to book another appointment, but I'm also going in service type and being a little nosy and saying, okay, now we're getting into the fall. Did this customer book another $69 fall tune-up or did the customer service representatives reach out to them and did they book another one or did they refer a friend, right? Because that people, people are like, what's the best marketing? And some people are like word of mouth. And I'm like, but word of mouth comes from a great experience, right? And communicating that experience and going out and finding more people that look like that. I'm certain maybe, well, I'm not certain, but maybe you and Wayne talked about this natural progression of taking people from stranger to friend, to customer, to evangelist. That's the difference between customer and evangelist in that cycle is the experience and the fact that they not only just like you, but they love you. They love the experience that they had with that technician. They love how quick you guys did a phenomenal job. You were on time. You did the job right. You know, whatever it may be. Um, that's, that's the difference between customer and evangelist. Someone who's a raving fan about you and your business and is going to go tell, you know, Susie and Johnny down the street and their grandma and their uncle, you know, hey, you should use this HVAC company or you should use this bankruptcy attorney or you should go to this coffee shop. You know, whatever industry, it's it's applicable in all industries. I, I've had a couple of experiences here recently and I, just to kind of tie back into this whole experience thing of how to market it. Um, so I happened upon... I had to get some work done on a vehicle, and I happened upon a uh, the dealership that I took it to. Had no idea what the experience was going to look like. I just ended up having to take it there for various reasons. The as part of the experience, in the middle of the service, I got a text message with a link, and so I clicked it. It opens up this kind of uh, service portal that says, "Hey, here's what we're doing, and here is a video from your technician." 
And I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. So I watched the video, and the technician is there, and he's clearly walking around with his camera going, here is, uh, here's what we see here. This is what this looks like. You know, this is what the, the, the damage is. This is what needs to be repaired, blah, blah, blah. Walks through the entire process. And I'm like, wow. well, this is incredible. Like, no questions that I had. Very clearly, this is what the problem is. This is what needs to be fixed. And he goes, your service writer is going to be contacting you with an estimate uh, by the end of the day, blah, 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 right? I was like, okay, cool. Everything moved very quickly, very rapidly, got the car back. Everything was great. If So going back to your original kind of concept with sharing that experience, I would have probably been more apt to use that service earlier had I known that was the experience that I was going to get. But if you've ever dealt with car repair at a dealership, it's seemingly more expensive and probably uh, more complicated than what you would be used to. Like you just want to go drop it off at the mechanic and let them fix it. This was a very much clearly communicated a high transparency interaction to get the job done. If they share, if they were, if they were marketing that, I'm sure that their their uh, service would just go through the roof because they're showing we do things different. I've never experienced anything like that before. Most of the service experience that I've had with a vehicle has been very, um, very much closed off, very confusing slow, you have to call and follow up multiple times to find out what the status is. For them to provide that with to you was just an incredible experience. And I've shared that with a lot of different people because it just blew me away. Taking that and marketing that experience to the broader audience is really, that that makes that whole, from just a marketing standpoint, that makes your job a lot easier because you're just saying, hey, we're just showing you, we're showing more people about this incredible experience. Yeah. And honestly, you made some really great points right there that I want to take a snippet from. Communicating what those common frustrations are is so important. So how you just said, there's never any transparency. I don't know what was actually wrong with my car. And I definitely don't know what you did to fix it. Tired Mm -hmm. of sitting at the dealership for hours on end and getting no communication and never getting to see the person who's working on your car. They can take it back there and they can give it back to me exactly how it was for all I know. And then still charge me $7,000 or whatever it is. But it's like, no, this dude showed me, mm-hmm. this is exactly what's wrong with your car. And this is what we're going to do to fix it. And Hey, he probably said, yeah, we'll have it ready in X amount of time, or you can come back tomorrow and yep. pick it up or whatever it may be. Like that transparency is like unheard of. That's I'm like, what is that dealership? I would love to, I'll drive to Charlotte. I'll take my car there. Right. <laughs> because that's why people hate going to the dealership. And so when you're writing copy for ads like that, you have to enter into the conversation that is already happening in that person's mind. I hate going to the dealership. I'm going to be sitting there for hours. They never take me seriously. They don't empower me to have knowledge about what's actually happening with my vehicle. I especially feel this way as a woman. (laughs) Whenever I go to the dealership, I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Like don't try and rip me off before, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, but I also like, I want to, I want to feel empowered. Like I want to know what's going on so that if the issue comes up again, I know what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and making the customer feel empowered is it's about the way you make them feel right. Mm -hmm. So now 
in some level, like they made you feel like you knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. Like you knew what you were talking about when you went home to, you know, tell so-and-so about what was wrong with the vehicle. Like that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. Like people don't, and especially in the service, like you could, they could have done a crappy job fixing the car, but they made you feel yeah. <laughs> like they did a really good job. They made you feel like you understood and like you were seeing the whole process all the way through. And that's invaluable, I think. Well, in all fairness, I still don't know what happened to fix the vehicle because I'm just totally not in. But but I did through the entire process. I was like, this is incredible because I did not feel like I was in the dark. And that's really, I guess, the big takeaway from something like that is I, I felt like I knew where we were at the entire time. And for somebody that's impatient, like that's a big, that's a big factor. Like you don't want to be left in the dark because you, you just want to know what's going on. If it's good or bad, I just need to know. I just don't want to be left in the dark. And I think that that's through just an overall experience factor. If you can continue to provide that, but then also show your potential customers that this is how we keep you in the loop, or this is how we keep you in the know, like you said, empower the customer with that knowledge, then I think you're you're definitely going to win, and you're you're going to make your business more appealing to do to work with because you're you're saying up front, hey, we we want you to be in the in the loop. I think a lot of people, and I had this conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll try to close this thought out here. I've had a conversation with people about giving your customers knowledge and teaching them and all this stuff, and it's like, why would you want to give your customers knowledge? That was kind of the conversation that was happening. It's like, well why would you not want to, you know? And, and I, and I think it maybe is, is the confusing part of the conversation where I'm no, I'm, I am no more a better mechanic now than I was before I took it to this place or saw the video, but I do feel more confident in working with that particular shop because they showed me what was going on. It does not make me want to go and work on the vehicle any more than, than I did before, but I do trust them a lot more because of the transparency, transparency that they offered. Yeah. It's all about the experience and how you make people feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hannah, I am not quite sure exactly how we got from uh, HVAC to automobile repairs, but it was a fun experience getting there. Um, I appreciate the information that you've given us so far. So get into the minds of the people that you're serving. Find out what's most valuable to them. In our example that we were just using, our real-life example, what's important to me is transparency and uh, keeping me in the loop of where we're at because I want to make sure that it's going to get done. Um, but for whatever you're whatever your ideal customer is, what's important to them um, and how can you, how can you share that with them? And then understanding, uh, giving them a real experience, a peek, sneak peek into the experience of what it's going to be like to do work with you. Those are some valuable things that make your company much more appealing uh, to do work with and uh, much less of that ambiguous. I just need this fixed and I don't know who I'm dealing with. Exactly. Yep. Great. Thank you for the information. Uh, really appreciate chatting with you today. It's been a blast. Um, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you so that you can help them understand why their experience currently stinks and how they need to get it better, what would they do? Yeah, they can connect with us at uglymugmarketing.com and pull out our contact form there. If you want to connect with me personally, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me there at Hannah Acosta um, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Ugly Mug Marketing. And when they fill out the form on the Ugly Mug Marketing website, uh, you'll get back to them in five to seven business days? 
No, we will get back to you in one business day, one business at day. least with an attempt of a phone call. <laughs> if not that same day, Dan, <laughs> our business development manager is super good at following up with everyone that comes through on our contact page or chats with our team um, on our website. So. Very cool. All right. There's your experience. Uh, sneak peek into the experience. Hey, Hannah, thank you again for the chat today. It was a blast. We've got some work to do on our end as well. Thank you for sharing the ideas and tips and tricks. Uh, now we've we've got to go put it into action. In the meantime, those of you who are listening, make sure you subscribe and follow. Uh, make sure you're uh, subscribed to the podcast on the audio version and you're following us on YouTube so that you can get the latest episodes every Tuesday morning because we've got another one coming next week. We'll see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.